1: Sorry that there's no intro tonight. We want to welcome you to On The Real. This is your host, Sean Castleberry, along with Michael Qualls. This is the premiere episode of our new radio show. Micah, how are you? I'm doing great. Can
2: you hear me, guys? Yeah. I'm trying
1: of loud, so. Try, try it again. Can you hear me?
2: Check, check. Check, check. Mic check.
3: Can you hmm. hear me? I'm not hearing
1: anything. Hold on. Okay, how about now?
0: Hold on. Can you hear me now? Hmm. Can
1: you hear
2: me now? I
1: hear I hear you on there. Hmm. Can you hear me now? Not on mine. Let's see here. da 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 da
3: da All right, go ahead.
0: Can
2: you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
1: Yes. All right, I got it now. My bad. I had it muted. Oh, okay. Uh, that's what I get for having a new phone.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. All right. Perfect. Okay, here we go. Restarting this. This is our <laughs> premiere episode. We're working without an engineer tonight. Poor Michael is. uh not going to be with us. He, uh, he's the producer of American Idiots and The Pulse and Behind the Curtain, and now on The Reel with Sean and Micah. So what we wanted to do is kind of introduce Micah to everybody. So, Micah, if you'd go ahead and tell us about yourself.
2: Okay. Hi. Uh, my name is Micah, and I am a teacher in, at a high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I am very excited to be here. I hope that I have something to add to all of this. <laughs>
1: Probably. Well, the interesting thing about our show is it's different from the other uh, talk shows that we do on Talk Radio 49. This is going to be from a secular point of view, because both of us leave open I mean, lead openly secular lives. We're both atheists. So we have a different perspective than most people, especially where we're from down here in the South. It's uh, it's very interesting to be a non-believer in the South, especially with all the different types of you know religions that we have around here, especially Christianity. So again, that's just a little bit about us. Most of you already know me, so uh, I'm the guy that you all love to hate. Really awesome to be here tonight. <laughs> So I guess we're going to go ahead and get on with our show. And one thing that we definitely wanted to talk about tonight was the school shooting in Florida. And it was just a tragic event that happened. But one thing I'm really proud of, especially uh, still going on this week, is that this this story hasn't dropped. We're going on week three now, and it's still going strong. What do you think about that?
2: Oh, I am so proud of those kids uh, as a high school teacher I mean, it it makes so much sense to, as someone who interacts with teenagers every day, they're not uh, as out of it or, you know, some people are always down in millennials and things like that, and they're actually extremely capable, and they have voices. And I think that is, like, as teachers, this is the proudest I've been of young people in a long time.
1: That's awesome, yeah, definitely. It's also
2: been um uh, oh, sorry sorry sean i it's it's also been really um uh, heartbreaking because something that's always on my mind in the ten years I've been an educator is the possibility of, of an active shooter, and just to be reminded so blatantly over the last few weeks um it's it's been sad too because. We had to have those conversations again with our students on what to do. And the kids are very serious about it. And they they say, oh, I'm going to be watching out for that guy in class that, you know, doesn't talk and have a lot of friends. And they're really on the prevention side of it. It's it's just hard being in a school right now but it's also hopeful seeing what's happening out of Florida.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, And again, you know, here we are with another mass shooting that's happened here at an American high school. Um, You know, just the the one before this happened in what, Las Vegas. Is that right? The the, the last major shooting that we had. I know we Mm -hmm. had a few smaller shootings in between and a couple were at schools. And, you know, the argument started up almost immediately, you know, coming from the left and the right. And, of course, you know, the right is going to keep arguing all their NRA bullet points, and we have our points of our own. But, you know, we, we want to look at this logically. We want to look at this with reason. How do we provide a solution to the safety of our children? That's what's important. Not the fact that people have individual rights to own a weapon, but that children are safe. And I'm sorry, but individual rights do not supersede the lives of people. Amen.
2: (laughs) From the secular shift. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can tell you the number one thing that's not going to happen is teachers having weapons and guns in the classroom. I can't tell you how established exactly that argument is. And that, I mean, literally, I don't know one teacher, even if they are a personal gun owner, which down here in the South, a lot of us are, they know they don't need one in the classroom. And that's, it's just, it's common sense. I don't know why this idea is being
1: floated at all. Well, that's really being pushed by Trump right now, um, you know, which surprised me. A lot of the n r a have talked about having you know armed guards and you know different things like that, but for a president to actually step in and say such a thing uh normally you know even Bush and Clinton stayed out of that type of argument, but again, we are talking about Trump, the man who cannot twitter uh the man who has to put his two cents into everything that's out there, and usually he's putting his foot in his mouth but you know, as as far as arming teachers, people need to realize too that there were four officers there hiding behind cars when the police from yep. this town came over. You know, not, mm. let's let's not forget the one that Trump, you know, tried to uh, shame in front of the nation because mm. he was cowering in the corner. But you you but had see, three other ones there. It was just terrible.
2: And see again, this is where. I mean, someone who's been in the school as an educator for ten, over 10 years, I can tell you that the security guard do love the kids and do know the kids. And for him to say that he didn't love the kids or know the kids when he's been there for many years, it's it just ludicrous. I mean, as far as him saying what teachers should and should be doing in the classroom, I would rather take advice from someone who actually reads, reads books and someone who nominated the boss, as the education section secretary, has no right of saying what people should be doing in schools and classrooms. I mean, he's—I'm sorry—he doesn't read, so he has nothing to say about education. In my book.
1: <laughs> no, I, w- I would completely agree with you on that one. I mean, the man—I I don't know where he got his education. I. Don't know where he has the right to be the commander-in-chief. He never served in the military. You know, Cadet Bonespurs is the nickname that I like to call him. Um, He doesn't know anything about a lot, Uh, not running a business, not being a father, not being a good husband, uh, especially being the president. You know, it's, it's an embarrassment. I mean, you look at the rest of the world, and they feel sorry for us. You know, they're not laughing at us. They're not making fun of us. I just feel terribly sorry for us because we, we're we in this situation with this man who happens to be the leader of the country and everything he does, every move that he has made has been wrong. Everything that he does, it's just terrible. And, you know, uh, I, I, oh, go ahead.
2: Uh, I was just going to say, I am tired of living under
1: this anxiety-ridden
2: life of every day. There's like 12 new stories coming
1: out of the White House and they're all chaos and uh and just, I mean it's just bottom line. Yeah, you're right. You know, there's a there's a comic that I like to listen to, uh Mark Martin and his last stand up that he was talking about, he says he wakes up every morning and turns on his phone and he's just like, Oh, I wonder what he's gonna say today and I think we all feel that way. Everybody is just waiting to see what kind of garbage is gonna spout out of this guy's mouth, you know, putting it out on his Twitter. I mean, this is so uncalled of too that a president just freely puts his opinions out there the way he does. And
3: he he is doing
1: nothing but divide the country. He's doing everything that the conservative right accused Obama of doing for eight years. And mm-hmm. with no foundation at all. You know, President Obama was just treated horribly, you know, by these racists, these horrible people that pretty much hated him because he was black. And yet they forget he was half white. Um,
3: <laughs> you know, uh,
1: to this day, I still run into people that think that he's a Muslim. And it's like just the ridiculous things that they say about him. But, and yet they put their full, wholehearted support behind Trump because they think he's mm-hmm. doing such a great job. But I tell you, call him out every single time, or or these people that are arguing that, name one thing specifically that he has done. Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all.
2: uh, True story. I was at a wedding of some friends that grew up down here, but they live in New York now. And my mom, like, loudly said that, Barack Obama was a Muslim in front of all these people from New York. Oh, my God. And I was completely mortified. I was like, Mom, first of all, lower your voice. We're we're kind of loud in my family. Second of all, and, you know, sometimes when you point, you know, John McCain actually called a woman down in a town hall about this exact topic, yes, which I have a lot of respect for that. And I was like, Mom, even John McCain tried to tell y'all that... <laughs> But she doesn't like Trump, though, so we're halfway there,
1: right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Are, are you hearing me on the feed, by the way, Micah?
2: Yes, I okay. am. Okay, yes. I just want
1: to make sure. We've had a lot of technical difficulties today. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be, be able to have any callers call in tonight, and I know that they love to call me and cuss me out and say all those horrible things <laughs> to me, which I, you know, just fixed my whole day, but... You know, uh, we're hoping that next week the producer will be back and he'll be able to fix those glitches and figure out what's going on. But, uh, again, getting back to the subject that we're talking about, school shootings, Mm. the thing I hate the most is how people will argue semantics about weapons. Mm. You Mm. know, a lot of people think that I want to ban all weapons in America because I speak out against this, which is absolutely not true. If you want to have a revolver a shotgun, a single-shot rifle to hunt for home protection, or you just like to go out and shoot a gun, bang, bang, hey, you know what? I was in the military. I get it. Shooting guns is a lot of fun. We do not need people running around in the open public with semi-automatic weapons at all. It is completely no. unnecessary. I think uh, you know all the arguments about this for the Second Amendment – uh, saying that our rights will not be infringed upon. You have to think this was written back in the you know, 1700s. Uh, people used muskets uh-huh. back then.
3: Uh-huh. So the, the
1: founding fathers of our country could not have envisioned the types of mass shootings that we are having now. The guy in uh, Las Vegas, 54, 55 people, in a matter of minutes, he just mowed them down. You know, this, this this last shooting that we just had, 17 people just, you know, massacred. Uh, the, the, the one that really got to me was, was the Amish school. You know, here's the Amish, a group of religious pacifists that want, you know, nothing to really do with the world. They just want to live their lives and do their thing. You know, I have a lot of respect for people like that. A man walked into a school and shot all the little girls because he just – he wanted to hurt people, and that's what people really don't understand about this either. You know, They want to talk about gun-free zones. This is why people go and attack schools because of the gun-free zone. Well, no, it's not. They, most of the people that do this, they want to hurt the community. They don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the guy that attacked Fort Hood. That's a military base. Now, mm-hmm. I was in the military. I know that all soldiers don't have guns. But I was at Fort Bragg when that shooting happened back in the 90s, and two special forces soldiers stopped that gunman without having a weapon. It is possible to do so. Um, you have to put your life at risk to do it. A lot of teachers put their life at risk. Uh, just two weeks ago, you know, uh, that one kid got shot in the back five times trying to protect uh, all the students in that classroom, trying to you know lock a door so that Uh, the gunman couldn't come in and shoot everybody. And, you know, again, the whole good guy with the gun argument, uh, it doesn't work. I mean, one out of a million might stop an attacker. The thing is, is when you go out in public and you see someone open carrying, how do you know they're not the bad guy? I mean, all it takes is for one of these homosexuals to just have a bad day and just open fire. I mean, it's ridiculous.
2: So here's, exactly what we are trained to do in the post-Columbine school system. We are trained to do ADD is what it's called. It's avoid, which is run away, if you can, and or barricade into a classroom that's locked and also put furniture in front of the door and be quiet and turn the lights off. That's avoid. The next one is deny. So deny entrance to the room. So that's where you barricade the door. And you, um, you uh, they gave examples of us uh, putting our weight against the door if we're willing to do that. Hope, you know, all kinds of different ways. And the last D is defend. And the last line of defense in the school we are trained to do is literally pick up everything you can and throw it at the shooter and, and fight for your life. Literally, that's what we're taught to do avoid, deny, defend. Um, and that's better than no plan. Um, as an educator, I know that I wouldn't have time to do all that and go unlock my gun or load it.
1: I mean, are we talking about
2: loaded guns? This is on our heads. I mean, because if the wrong kid gets, his friends could overtake me and they could get the gun away from me and it would be loaded. Like, I don't know what their plan is for Army teachers, but I'm telling you, it's not going to work. And I'm going to tell you right now, I would defend the life of my children. That's, that's, they would be first priority if we had an act Shooters. I would die for them. I really would. But I don't need a gun to do that. I mean, you just don't. And when these and these people have been uh, overtaken, like if you think about um nine eleven with flight uh nine was it ninety, what was the, the one that crashed in Pennsylvania.
1: Flight ninety seven. They
2: didn't have guns. Right, thank you. They didn't have guns. They literally fought for their lives and so I don't I just it's just not gonna work. It's
3: just not gonna
1: work. <laughs> No, I agree with you. I don't I don't think it can work. I mean, again, you brought up a very interesting scenario. What happens if the students who happen to be having a bad day realize that you have a weapon and they want to hurt yeah. somebody? Well, you know, a lot of people yeah. don't realize this, that even in federal corrections, the officers don't have guns. Now, you wow. may have some guns wow. in the towers that are around the prison so that they can actually – uh, you know, fire down on the court or sometimes up high in the prison itself. There are a few uh, really high maximum security prisons that might have some, you know, high vantage points for that. But the majority of prison guards don't have guns, and they are in harm's way every single day.
2: Well, there you go. I mean, that that just goes to show you. And some of these uh, high school kids are way bigger than me, and, you know, they're not – sitting around planning out violence or trying to hurt the adult or the kids, but anything can happen in the moment. And it's just a dumb, dumb idea. If you've got 30 kids thirty t and so they can get all together and decide to hold me down and get to something. It's It's just so dumb. And it doesn't mean that we don't want to protect the kids or wouldn't fight for our lives for them.
1: It's uh, just so dumb. And look at the people that are coming up with these ideas, people that support the NRA or that the NRA okay. supports. Uh, you take one of our local senators here, Mr. Tom Cotton. I mentioned him a lot on some of our previous shows that we've done before. Um, he's gotten over, I think, a million dollars from the NRA. Uh now, the other Boozman, he isn't as fortunate as Mr. Cotton. He's only gotten a few hundred thousand, um, probably because Dang. he hasn't been as outspoken as Tom Cotton. But again, you know, it, it goes across both aisles. There are Democrats and Republicans taking money from the NRA. And again, a lot of people don't realize this. I mean, you go back and look at our history as far as gun violence and the policies and procedures in this country. The NRA started lobbying very heavily in the in the in the mid seventies and the early eighties and influencing Congress, buying Congressmen, changing the laws and the interpretations of the Second Amendment so that, you know, it went to individual rights instead of well regulated militias. Again, I don't want to take away anyone's right to own a firearm. I just want to take away someone's ability to kill as many people as possible as easily as possible. Mm -hmm. Just the other day on YouTube, I saw a kid uh, 13 years old walked into a gun show and bought a Mm semi-automatic rifle Mm -hmm. in in less than five minutes. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That should not be able to happen. Another argument that they throw out at you? Chicago. Chicago is always brought up. Well, people don't know. It is a gun-free zone. They do have very strict gun laws. But Indiana right next door does it does not yep. have any i mean hardly any at all i guess you can say making a generalization there i love to do that but uh no it's so easy just across the border and get as many guns as you want and come right back into chicago that's the problem we need federal gun laws that protect everybody mm-hmm. and even reagan signed the brady bill you know bush let that one go and that should just and yeah go ahead and
2: let's have some real talk about chicago you don't hear about AR 15 and mass shootings, most of the gun deaths in Chicago are from handguns.
1: And we're not talking
2: about handguns. We're talking about banning killing machines, which are semi automatic, high powered, high magazine rifles. And the thing is, is like down here in the South, we have a complicated relationship with guns. I personally was raised in a household that had many guns that hunted deer. Up every kind of animal down here that's legal to hunt and never once was there a fear or a amosexual obsession with guns in my home. We were raised back guns and safe around them and never did my parents ever own an AR-15 or anything that is for killing. There's no other re- Okay, people, people have actually said but I have the right to have one and it's fun to shoot okay, but its sole purpose is to kill things quickly. And so people need to understand that when you talk about, you can be pro-gun and pro-gun control at the same time. It is possible.
1: Absolutely you can. Um, you know, that's the thing, too. You know, people attack us all the time for being leftist, you know, liberals, progressive, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And and people don't even realize, you know, there there's, such a huge variety of beliefs, that, you know, on on the left side, the Democrat side, liberal, progressive, whatever you want to say. We don't all agree with each other on everything. Uh, no, we but don't. one thing that we do agree on is the safety of children in schools, especially. You know, that's one thing about the right I just don't understand. You know, one of, one of my favorite Facebook and Twitter pages to look at on a daily. Is this uh, this activist mommy? I'm sure you you've seen that one, Micah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, here <laughs> she is. She's a right wing religious zealot. She's you know pro life, but pro war. Uh, she's all about now. She's pushing you know the NRA's. We need to arm the teachers. We need to have guns in church. We need to have guns everywhere. More guns isn't the answer. And, you know, again, that, that that's one thing that really gets to me, the hypocrisy of these extremist Christians, because if you have faith in your God, that your God is going to protect you, why do you need a gun? Oh, God,
2: one of the best memes on the Internet this week was uh, you say that God wasn't allowed in school, but God's allowed in churches and kids get hurt there with pedophilia and other things. So I thought that was a pretty good analogy.
1: Well, I mean, let's look at all the church shootings that we've had, too. Uh, Since 1990, there have been, I think, 162 firearms discharged inside churches. Now, some were accidental, Mm -hmm. some were intentional. But, you know, uh, there was only the one mass shooting that I remember from last year. But, again, uh, you know, we have a different perspective than most people. We don't believe in, you know, gods and imaginary friends and things like that we have faith in humanity more than anything and that's what we're seeing right now you know again three weeks later i'm so surprised that this hasn't gone away the kids aren't letting it go away this time you know uh, the millennials are leading the charge and i think they're going to change some things especially uh 2018 coming up you know with these elections
2: well i'm not surprised at all at the articulate uh teenagers that have Um, decided to make this airline in a fan. A lot of people don't know this, but Stoneman Douglas High School has one of the best debate teams in the country. They start debate classes in elementary school, and they win multiple titles on the national level. And I'm part of the speech debate and drama community here in Arkansas. And I can tell you, it's the best kids in the school that we attract to the activities And they're very passionate, and they're not afraid of anyone. And so I am not surprised, and I am super proud. The drama kid that sang the song on the town hall, it was very impactful. And I don't believe they're going to let it die. Um, There may be some French kids that jumped on board. It might drop off at some point, but, I mean, I'm not, if it's by if God forbid, as they say in the Christian world, uh, this happened at high school. The kids that would be speaking out would be the drama speech and debate kids. They're very active in the social justice movement. So I, I'm not surprised at all. The uh, young lady with the shaved head, Miss Gonzalez from Stoneman Douglas, she's the president of their gay straight alliance at school. So these are just kids that were already active. Um, before they started speaking out, and they're having such an impact. Um, There was a a poll on CNN this morning that said after the Las Vegas shooting, 52% favored a ban on semi-automatic rifles, and they just took a poll this weekend, and 70% now are against it. And that's a significant jump. I think they're having
1: an impact. Yeah, I think they are too. And you know, again, uh, when you when you go to the right in their arguments, they're going to throw it out there. Well, you know, you're not going to get my gun. How are they, they going to, you know, get all of these semi-automatic rifles out of you know America? Well, it, it's really simple. You look to other countries that have done this in better ways, like Australia. Mm-hmm. Australia had one of the yep, worst Australia. mass shootings back in 1994, and the parliament got together and they enacted. Strict gun control against some of these semi automatic rifles, and they bought back the weapons at cost. So a few people lost some money on that, but that's fine because the country as a whole came together and decided that children's lives were more important than owning a gun. And there's a disconnect here in America where we don't care about the next generation. In fact, you look at the baby boomers now. They're the ones that are saying, oh, all these kids out here today, they have no morals, they're not being raised right, and everything like that. It's not the millennials' fault, not at all. If you want to blame anybody in this country for the ills of this country, look at yourselves, the baby boomers. You guys yeah, yeah. in the 60s had your little hippie party, your sexual revolution, free love, all of that. You want to get out of Vietnam. But what did you do afterwards? You joined right back in with the crowd in the 80s. That whole selfish movement, you help capitalism just get a tight grip and destroy the unions and do everything that it could in this country to cripple what was actually helping the country. And now here you are, this this older generation getting ready to retire. You are just hoarding your wealth as much as you can, and you're just as bad as the generation before you that you hated, that you spoke out against, you've forgotten your roots. You've forgotten what you stood for in the '60s. I think most of you are bullshitting because you just want to do drugs and have sex. But there were some legitimate people out there that were trying to do a good thing, and unfortunately, that's just been washed away by you know your current actions and you know your inability to do the right thing to protect people. Well,
2: speaking of unions, um, there are three the three biggest special interest groups political action groups, whatever you want to call them, in America, the NRA, the AARP, and the National Education Association. So the NEA, the Teachers Union, which I'm a proud member of, is not going to allow this idea of teachers having guns. So, you know, the NRA might think they have a lot of power, but so does somebody do mm-hmm. else.
1: Yeah, you know, the, the NRA thinks that they're untouchable, but here's the funny thing company after company after company in the last couple of weeks have started to drop them for their support and Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt their wallet and you know in a capitalist society that's the best way to hurt somebody take away all that money now unfortunately after every mass shooting that we have here in the country gun sales are you know on the rise and NRA membership is on the rise but I think it's going to slow down this time. I think because awareness is not being pushed away, you know, just as another story, um, and we're continuously talking about this, and, you know, everybody needs to be involved in this and talk about it, whether you're pro-gun or not or whatever. Uh, We don't need to let this happen again. We don't need any more innocent children to be slaughtered in a school.
2: And, you know, if they keep sending out this chick, Dana Loach, yeah, whatever you call her, Danilo, she, yeah. she's a spokesman for the NRA. She is, she reminds me of, like, Sarah Palin back in the day, but not as dumb. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, but she's got that same lack of credibility when she speaks. And she just, she spouts out crazy shit like Tommy Lauren, you know, that, that blonde girl that's on the Internet. Oh,
1: yeah, that's another one of my favorites. Yeah. I follow on Twitter.
2: Right. Oh, she's such a twit. I mean, this Dana Lowe she is very off-putting. She's not a good spokesperson. And Wayne LaPierre, who's the president of the NRA, I mean, the stuff they said is impact this week. I mean, people should be afraid. My father, like I said, I grew up around guns. My father was a member of the NRA for one year, and he regrets it to this day when he realized that their agenda was so extreme. Pro-gun owners are asking and seeking for reasonable gun laws, we need to do something because the only thing that is the same across the board of these mass shootings are the weapons and the ammunition and the, the ability to kill quickly and many. And so you can talk about prevention, mental health, security in the schools, but the one thing that is the same is the weapon of choice. So we can't dismiss The uh, possibility that if those weapons were not available to use would, you know, I saw a funny meme that said, let them use a butter knife. Let them get creative all day (laughs) if they want to hurt people, and they would not be able to hurt people.
1: No, no, I've seen that, and I've uh, actually, you know, debated back and forth about that, and people have said, well, if you take away – you know, semi-automatic weapons, they'll find another way, they'll, they'll find a bomb. And, and that, that meme, no. you know, comes straight to mind where it's like, yes, go ahead, we want you to find a, another way. So that way we, we can stop that one too when that one happens. You know, it's just like 9-11, when those planes hit those buildings, box cutters aren't allowed on planes anymore, you know? Right. And, you, but, you,
2: you make adjustments based on what you learn from horrible incidents. It's called using your brain and being rational.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> what the right is doing now is what they accuse us of always doing: they're being overly emotional about this issue, about their individuality, about their gun rights, and they need to be thinking about the whole picture. You know, we have yeah. a problem in America. The founding of this country, uh, this country was founded on violence. It's in every aspect of our culture, whether it's music, it's television, it's games, it's whatever. Now, I know a bunch of gamers just hit the floor right now. The video games don't close <laughs> Well, you know, you can argue that all day long. But the thing is, is that we do live in a very extremely violent culture. Most mm-hmm. children, before they even reach grade school, you know, in kindergarten, witness over 200 murders on television before they get into kindergarten. And that's just, wow. that's sad. That's really sad. And yeah, the, but
2: Sean, yeah. growing up around violence, we've all grown up around violence,
1: and especially through
2: television and, and video games. But we don't want to go out and
1: shoot up the community. No, um, we don't.
2: No, I
1: just, most, of, most of us don't, and, and I would agree with that. But I think that being raised in such an atmosphere, we're, we're desensitized, you know, to, to a certain yes, extent. Yes that we aren't aware of when someone is acting oddly uh, in in that particular way where they might become an attacker or they might Mm -hmm. do something like that. Because, again, uh, here in this country, we don't care about each other. You know, everybody wants to do their own thing. Everybody wants to get, you know, the most toys before they die. And it's...
2: Well, you know, hindsight's corny pointy, John. Uh-huh. But I just want to know. If he did not have access to AR-15 legally purchased multiple firearms, would somebody have been able to say something to him in that window, like if there was a waiting period? Would he have snapped out of his dark? You don't know, you know, what the possibility would be. So why can't we talk about the gun? The gun is the means,
1: are the means. No, you are, you are right. I mean, again, he, would he have found some other way? I mean, there there was an attack that happened in China just a few years ago, and I, I bring this up a lot to people. A man walked into a school full of small children, and he stabbed over 60 children with a knife. But here's the difference.
3: Mm.
1: None of those children died. Not exactly. a single one of those children died. Now, Hello? he found a way to harm them. He found a way to try to kill them, but he wasn't successful. Now, had he had a AR-15 and multiple magazines, just like all these other shooters have had, this story would have been a lot different.
2: Yeah, and like I said, there's multiple issues to talk about. It's a complex problem because we could talk about how 99.9% of mass shooters are white males. Yes. So I mean, there are lots of things we could talk about, but leaving guns off the table is idiotic. It's not rational. Not
1: right. Well, there there is something that's to be said for what you just uh, brought up there. Ninety-nine percent of uh, all mass shooters are, are white males, and ninety-nine percent of all serial killers are white males. We do have mm. a problem in this country with white males feeling entitled to, uh, what's the word, uh, lash out with their anger with violence in this country. Now, it's, it's not just it's white patriarchy. males. It does go across mm-hmm. you know, all races. Men are pretty violent all the way across, but white males tend to act out more violently and, and kill in greater numbers. And you know, mm. that's something that should be really looked at. You know, why do we feel or why do we have a society that lets men feel this way, that they can do this type of thing, attack women especially? You know, that's, that's the worst part about it. The, the violence against women is mm. just horrific in this country.
2: White male fragility is a bad problem, and I can go off on this all night. But, you know, it's just um, with the frowning of America, as as it's called, um, by the year 2020, uh, the majority of kids in school age will be non-white. And so I think white men just feel very threatened by the rise of losing the power that they've always had.
0: No, I think you're right. And
2: women with the Me Too movement, women are not we're just done. Like we're not taking this crap anymore. It's not funny. And we're speaking up for each other and we're giving each other the strength to stand up to the patriarchy that's been a part of our history of our country. And it is white male patriarchy that has, you know, came here and you know the first thing we did was like, we discovered America when there were people living here for thousands of years. So I mean we from the get go America was founded on white male patriarchy and white males had the power. And they're just you know, they don't know what to do when they don't have power, agency, a voice and other people are spilling their thunder.
1: No, oh, they're going to target and, by uh, tiki torches.
2: <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Oh gosh, I went to the the statue rally they had down in Hot Springs over the summer. Yeah, I remember that. It was it was just sick. I just couldn't believe and they were all I mean, of course, white. You know, with their Nazi flags and their Were there Nazi flags? Rebel flags. There was Nazi like they were small, like on the clothing and stuff like that. For real. They mostly had rebel flags. Yeah, they mostly had Confederate flags though.
1: See, that, that, that's one thing that gets me, you know, I haven't been a veteran in the United States military. Down here in the South, you know, uh, I grew up around that, you know, rebel pride, the South will raise again, all that bullshit. But, you know, the thing is, is that the South was in the wrong. The South owned, owned the majority <laughs> of the slaves. They were fighting to keep slavery. A lot of people try to argue this. Oh, it wasn't about slavery. It was about t- taxation. No, that's horse It's absolute horse That's what these white supremacists want you to believe. That's what these, you know... Uh, what's the word? Uh, I can't think right now. Um, sympathizers, Apologist. the sympathizers, ap- yeah. yeah, they they want to, you know, try to whitewash history so it doesn't look, you know, that bad. Look, they got movies like Glory. They got they they had a mini series called Roots. You know all this bullshit. The, the the fact is is that you know, especially here in the South, whites treated people like absolute horseshit. You know, it didn't matter what race they were. If they weren't white, they did treat them like shit. And hell, even some of the whites got treated like shit, like the Irish, like my family when they came over here. Um, it's just ridiculous. But but uh, you know, to see to see these assholes with Nazi flags or buttons, I mean, we went to war mm-hmm. over this shit. We we won a war against these bastards, and. I I will never understand that. I will never understand how anyone could wear the swastika. That's the worst thing in the world for anybody to do, especially with what happened to the Jews in Germany. Yeah.
2: I I mean, I literally have no love uh, for anyone that that is proud of slavery. And you cannot detach the confederacy from slavery.
1: And there are people here that will argue because the Bible condoned and supported slavery that we should still have slaves. That is a reality. Well, the, Bible, here in the, South.
2: the Bible condones a lot of things, Sean, if we want to go there. Yeah. The Bible condones a lot after his wife turned into a pillar of salt. He went up into the mountains and fornicated with his daughters because yeah, God told him to
1: You know what's interesting that's not in the Bible? <laughs> two, two very simple words. Don't rape. That always, yeah, struck always struck me as odd. Always struck me as odd. In fact, the God of the Israelites mentioned in the Bible, Oh Yahweh himself, commanded his armies to rape and pillage the armies that they mm-hmm. slaughtered. But, you know, we know that that's been disproven. We know that the Bible's not real. Genetics has proven it. Uh, the world is not 6,000 years old, Mr. Ken So, you know, all these backward-ass thinking <laughs> religious folks here, you know, you guys got to get what the times and – let go of this stuff. The end times aren't gonna happen. Jesus isn't coming back. We all gotta live <laughs> together. We got one world, we're one race, we're we're one species. We gotta figure this shit out and quit leaning on these fairy tales. Well,
2: one of the reasons why I went on my journey to I'm a recovery religious person is because of how white male and anyone in power throughout history has always Religion to justify oppression. And um, as uh, a woman, I really couldn't stand all the patriarchy justified by the Bible. And I mean, then it's oppressive to all groups of people. Slavery was justified. They can justify I misogyny mean, laws, of blacks and whites not being able to marry in the South. Everything has been justified by religion. And that was one of the reasons that I started detaching from. Christianity
1: in the first place. Yeah, and that's, that's crazy, too, because you look at uh, Trump and his supporters, especially the evangelicals here in this country, the extreme religious right. That,
2: you mean the sellout? Yes. The sellout?
1: Absolutely the sellout, <laughs> the, the the hypocrites, uh, the ones yes. who don't care how many women that he's been with or how many he's raped or, you know, everything else that he's done that's horrible. Um, you know, they get up there and they say, Oh, if you don't support Trump you stand against God. Well, you know what? Prove to me that God's real first before you put any <laughs> kind of bullshit like that in my face. You know, uh I'm sorry, but I miss I President just... Obama. I just thought he was one of the most wonderful men that ever led this country. He didn't have all these scandals, he has a beautiful family, he was a good father, a good husband. Why did you people hate him so much? That's what I don't real you know, realize at all. I, I, I wish I could huh? understand that.
2: We've come full circle to our topic, which is white male fragility. I think the rise of Trump is directly related to hate for President Obama because a black man dared to be equal with a white man. Well, and I'm being sarcastic. Right. Don't, don't don't mistake my tone of voice because uh, <laughs> this is the radio. You can't see my face. But, I mean, Trump was able to grow in this white supremacy um New fever that's happening. People were very threatened by a black man being the president. And it, and he's, he's, of course, biracial. But, I mean, you know, they used to have one drop laws down here in the South. You have one drop of African Americans who were considered black. So, I mean, people are still not over that.
1: Yeah, how crazy is that? You know, the old uh, Jim Crow laws? and, and mm-hmm. how that one drop wall made you black or Native American yep. or any of that. But you can talk to mm-hmm. the majority of white people around here about their ancestry, and they'll say it with pride. They'll beat their chest. My great-grandmother was a Navajo princess. Everybody's was. Every single yeah. person in Arkansas <laughs> had a great-grandmother who was a Navajo princess. It's fucking insane. Or Cherokee. Yes, Cherokee. Yeah. I don't know. It's fucking insane. You know, if they had said that 200 years ago, they'd been strung up. They'd have been hung and lashed in the streets. Yeah. But (laughs) again, the disconnect that these people have, the delusions of grandeur that they live with, you know, they want this white utopia. You're not going to have it. The only reason why the whole, you know, make America great again is working for them is because they hear make America white again. Yep.
2: That's, I mean, it's dog whistle politics that is fun Trump has has started with birtherism, and birtherism is dog whistle for racism and eugenics and all those ugly things from our past. And it's just you know, it's out of hand. Oh, they, really? they feel so emboldened by this president, so emboldened. The worst of our better, you know, our angels. I think they say, Reagan, who I disagree with about everything. He said, you know, we need to appeal to our better angels. Well, the worst of people are coming out of the woodwork in America due to this president and how he emboldened people with his dog whistles.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, that that's one thing when I was watching him campaign to become the president, all the horseshit he was pulling, making fun of handicapped people, talking bad about women, talking bad about Mexicans. You know, his racism towards blacks. I mean, everything. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter what he said. These white Christian extremists just loved him and came out in droves for him. And unfortunately, because of the election and the way that it was, you know, Mr. Bernie Sanders didn't get the chance that he could have to kick his ass and become our president. Um That's why we are where, where we are and, today. This is where
2: me and Sean are going to split. We're
1: yeah, we probably are. We, we probably Alpha are. I'm
2: Hillary, ride or die person. So. <laughs> well, I'm not going to
1: say I didn't vote for Hillary because I did. You know, I of felt course. she was the best person qualified for the job. Now, I supported mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders throughout that uh, primary, and then when he graciously said, hey, we need to throw our support behind Hillary, I was right behind him. But then – a lot yeah. of my friends weren't. A lot of my friends yeah. did not follow that party line. And that's why I think that we, you know, fell in that election. And, you know, yeah. I look right now to the future, 2020. Who do we have? I mean, have you thought about it at all?
2: Yeah, it looks like it's Joe Biden. Um, he's really old, though. He's older than Trump. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bernie was old, too, and he they seem pretty healthy. But – I think that's a, a downside for Biden, but I do believe that Biden may be the only person to bring those uh, white people that are moderate but are, like, middle class, who are workers. I think Biden, he's from Pennsylvania, and Uncle Joe, as they call him, I think he has the best chance of anybody that's coming forward.
0: Yeah, because so now far, I love
2: Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, and I yeah. love Cory Booker, and I love Kamala Harris. I love all those people, but we live in a country that includes the middle part, yes. not just the post. And I think Biden actually appeals to the Midwest and and just regular everyday people better well,
1: than I, the other three. Others. Well, I think if if Joe Biden does decide to throw his hat in there, we have some hope because a lot of people do support the guy. They like the guy. Yeah. Uh, most people respect he, him that he didn't run during this last election because Beau died, you know, his son Beau. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, he took some personal time to take care of himself and his family, and, and a lot of people respect that. So, you know. Oh,
2: I respect it immensely. Yeah.
1: But if, what uh, he said
2: about Beau, he said, um, I, I think if you're the president, you should love America more than anything else. And he um, said, I, I love my country, country but. I cannot
1: give 100% because I'm hurting too bad over my son. And I just really respect that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that, that's the that's weird thing about Trump, you know. I don't think he loves America. I don't see that when he speaks. I don't mm. hear that when he tweets. He just attacks people vicious, viciously. and Oh, does, he loves does, does the, the, idea,
2: the idea of America. Yeah. He loves the eagles and the the trapping of America, like the flag, and, you know, he always says he respects the military, but he always downed his general on Twitter all the time. Yes. But, I mean, I think that he loves the idea of America, but not America now.
1: Well, do Not not
2: with its diverse patchwork
1: of people. Yes, and I, I don't think he does really love the military because, you know, the policies and procedures that they're throwing out there right now are going to actually hurt the military quite a bit. They're taking away retirement. They're taking away benefits. They are not ending this war like they should be. There is no reason for us to mm. be in the Middle East. Nothing at all should have us over there. Uh, And that that was one thing about President Obama that I didn't like. He did not end these stupid fucking wars, and I wish he had (laughs) Gitmo still going. You know, there there was a lot of things President Obama said that he was going to do that he didn't, and it really disappointed me. Um, But Mm -hmm. it didn't get any worse. Now we're looking at going to war with North Korea? I mean, what the hell? Yeah. Well, you you're going to sit there and tweet and call the guy names, Rocket Man, and all this other bullshit, and, and his supporters are like, "Yeah, you know, here's a guy that speaks his mind. Here's a guy that might put us in a nuclear war. Something I have not worried and about since 1989." <laughs> what the hell? Mm. It's uh, I, I think I was really
2: terrified that week that he was talking shit
0: to yeah. Kim Jong Un on
2: Twitter. Like, where are you like 12? You don't fuck with crazy people with nuclear weapons. Well, I don't like just by taunting them.
1: It's
2: yeah. just really irresponsible leadership.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and you may remember this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm Generation X. I remember mm-hmm. the end of the Cold War. I remember, you know, all the movies were about Red Dawn and nuclear holocaust and all yep. that kind of stuff. I mean, we had this real yep. threat. We had this real scare. And then all of a sudden, the USSR was no more. Ask a kid today, what's the USSR? They don't fucking know. They don't have a clue. They don't know. They don't have a clue they don't at all. Know. They don't live with this fear that we grew up with. And, and what a relief right. to see that wall come down and everything. And it looked like the world was finally coming together, and, and, and things are starting to work. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we've had a lot of skirmishes and different things that have happened in the Middle East that really ruined that movement, but... You know, we we weren't really that bad, and now all of a sudden we're we're almost right back where we were before. And oh, that I, sounds
2: uh, like a a good segue into the Russia topic.
1: Oh yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, I I was just listening to NPR the other day, and they were talking about how you know we're we're helping certain. Uh, rebel groups over in Syria And the Russians are helping certain rebel groups In Syria I mean we're pretty much fighting Against the Russians right now and people don't even realize it And you know right. They're trying to rebuild and become something Great again they want to be a superpower like they were Before and you know Have all those allies like they did before and Reestablish this cold war Well the only difference is the wall's going to be on our border You know we, we've turned Into that oppressor that we Thought Russia was and we need yeah. to stop doing that. We need we we need to just like, you know, chill the fuck out and leave everybody alone for a little while.
2: What scares me is like Trump is babbling that he is not capable of dealing with. So for example, let me let me call this software. Putin is what Trump wishes he could be. He's relentless, he's knowledgeable, he has the training, he's psycho. <laughs> He's really proud of being Russian, and he has the shit to back it up. And I'm not awfully Putin, trust me. I'm just saying Trump wants to be what Putin is, but he's not capable. So he's playing with people and trying to play big dog and protect America and all that, be be the big old president, be a big man, but he's fucking with people that know the game way better
0: than he does, and he doesn't
1: need to be
2: fucking with people like. Him. The, no, does that make sense, what I'm trying
1: to say? Oh yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And, and again, the only person that's been complimenting Putin lately has been Mr. Donald Trump, <laughs> which is uh, he just wants to be him. <laughs> I think you're right. You know, now that you said that, I never thought about it that way before. But yeah, here is an ex-KGB agent who right. was in the military. Exactly. He's macho. He's tough. He does all those things that, you know, we expect our American heroes to do. And people forget he's also ruthless. He's a murderer. You know, he's got the mob run rampant throughout Russia. And, yeah, if he got his way, yeah, he would take over all of Europe if he could, just like, you know, Hitler attempted to do. Now, is the man as bad as Hitler? Probably not. I mean, we know that Hitler was no. fucking insane. And I don't even think that Trump is as bad as Hitler or is insane. But teeter that way. We need to, you know, pull the reins back a little bit, you know. But then again, if you think about this, if Trump were impeached, we'd be stuck with Pence. Now, what do you think about that? We
2: have a – oh, gosh, Pence. Before, before we say that, I got one more thing to say about that. All right. In the South, we have a saying, if you can't run with the big dog get off the
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're right about that
2: and trump is just like that kid in the sandbox it's just like he doesn't have any good toys or or, or skills or
0: you know and the other kids are
2: just gonna jump on him i mean we don't need someone like that dabbling in military things that have very horrible consequences he's just i mean he doesn't even need his brief.
1: yeah i heard that the i other mean day. yeah that's uh, <laughs> the guy is just so unqualified. get out the board. I don't think he expected to win, honestly. You know, when, when well, you look nobody at nobody did. Yeah, I mean,
2: although I, I will say I felt like everyone's apathy back in the summer of like, 2016. Um, there was a lack of apathy on the left. I mean, I'm sorry, there was apathy on the left, and I could feel it. And I remember telling my dad at my grandma's 90th birthday, I said, well, y'all are out here talking about hummingbirds and shit. And Cardinal got on the back the street, Donald Trump is literally going to market his wild. And I hate that I was right. I hate that I was right.
1: Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, may, maybe the left was just too overconfident. Um,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm not even
1: sure what happened. You know, I, I've looked at it a few times. Uh, I I do think it was almost like what happened with uh, Clinton and Bush back in that election when Ross Perot came Mm. in, you know, how Ross Perot was able to split that conservative vote and take a lot of that away. I think with the, the Green Party and Bernie, a lot of people went to the Green Party when Bernie did not get that nomination. So. Yeah. And I had really good friends telling me they weren't going to vote for Hillary because they thought she did something wrong, which that's still debatable. You know, no one has proved anything like that. And, you know, I think it's a moot argument.
2: But, but Sean, yeah. can she read? Can oh, she read?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was the same Anything of State, would be you know? better
2: than what we have.
1: <laughs> I absolutely, well, I wouldn't say anything. You know, I would hate to see Ted Nugent up there. <laughs> no true but uh or
2: that or that nitwit dana loge from the nra yes, yeah she's on my list
1: right now we, she's on my list. you know we got one of those running for governor here uh I, oh. for, I forget her name but she owns a rifle range she's a second amendment supporting homosexual <laughs> that's gonna run for governor She rides
2: motorcycles she
1: rides motorcycles <laughs> she's you know a tough girl and she thinks she can be Asa Hutchinson here in Arkansas. And that's what one thing she doesn't even have a clue about. There are still blue dog Democrat believers here that are moderates, and they're going to vote for Asa Hutchinson. So I know he's not even sweating it at all. Uh, he's probably going to be the governor again. But, yeah, this lady, man, she is crazy. Have you seen her and, and heard the things that she yeah, said? She, she reminds
2: me of my, one of my favorite shows, Sons of Anarchy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the –
2: Gemma the matriarch of the the and the thing is like as much as I love that bitch like she was a badass bitch I loved her so much (laughs) she doesn't need to be the fucking governor
1: no no (laughs) no there's no telling what would happen here if that happened oh my gosh I can't even imagine but, yeah, she runs around in her, you know, uh, little jeans and her motorcycle helmet and, you know, trying to dress. I mean, it's like what you just said. She's trying to be like the Sons of Anarchy. I think that's where she got the idea for the look and everything. Uh, her but, name uh, is Jan Morgan.
2: Yeah, Jan, Jan Morgan.
1: Morgan. And she uh, she became <laughs> famous because She's she, pretty, she banned Muslims from her rifle range. Yep, like we I have remember. a really big problem with Muslims in Arkansas. You know, we do have a small population and they are, you know, in Little Rock. I think there's more up in Fayetteville, but it's not a problem. You know, this is just another group of people. Well, they're not a
2: problem in general. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean.
1: They're not a problem here. They don't cause all the, I guess, issues like you see in other, you know, larger urban areas or whatever. But, you know, they're not trying to change, you know, Sharia law or anything here. You know, I'm more worried about the, uh, the extremist Christians trying to create the theocracy that they want here.
2: Amen to that. Yeah. Amen. amen. I, I say amen. <laughs> kidding, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: no,
1: but
2: that's my kid.
3: Yes.
1: Yes.
2: And um,
1: that guy's a nightmare. He's
2: scared. He would have like really like I really am scared of him because of his ultra right beliefs. Yeah. However, he has literally been like a bent over and taken by the president. Like he has let Trump embarrass him yes. over and over and over again. Yeah. He has been undermined by Trump family. Um, the lies that happened and he went out and defended Trump. Yep. And I just I just don't think he has the backbone that I thought he did. Well I mean his views are probably still there, but like honestly, he's well, let them really his, destroy his reputation.
1: His views are there. Um but that's the one thing that people forget. He's a career politician. He isn't like Trump who is just a reality TV, you know, personality. Mm -hmm. He's playing the game and he's trying to play it smart. True. Oh, hold on. Sean,
2: Sean's little baby girl is crying. She's such a beautiful little girl. Um, so yeah, Mike Pence, um, the the you know, the NCAA almost left Indiana over his um like the gay the anti gay uh policies that where business can refuse service to gay people and stuff like that. Um and I think if he had his way he would definitely enact religious based laws that that uh hurt individual freedom. And with the NCAA kind of leave mean, that's the only reason I think they back down from those laws in Indiana was the NCAA brings the dollars to the state, being headquartered in Indianapolis. Oh yeah. You know, all these all these politicians, uh, when it comes to the money, they can really sell themselves out the police and everything.
1: You know for uh, money. You, you brought something to mind that I was uh, you know, really interested in a few months ago. Do you have Hulu?
2: Uh, I do.
1: Okay, so you've probably seen what I'm about to talk about. Did you watch The Handmaid's Tale?
2: Oh, it was life-changing.
1: Now, <laughs> that is the world that these people want to create in this country, a theocracy mm-hmm. where men rule – And women go back into their homes, spitting out babies, not working, not voting, not nothing. That is exactly what they want.
2: And that has to be. Yep. And let's say white men, white men, because they don't want to include any type of minority that their little boyfriends take over the world.
1: Yes, absolutely. But man, you know, I watched that. I so enjoyed that show. And, you know,. uh, as she was just mentioning, my baby daughter that was right there uh, at the door trying to get my attention. She's a year old. Uh, I've got five sons and, you know, finally had a little girl. It really changed my perspective on things, how I see the world. You know, I want a better world for my daughter. You know, my boy, I don't have to worry about so much except how they treat women. Um, but, you know, I got to look at, you know, how she's going to grow up in this world and everything and i'm going to stand defiantly against people like pence because again you know them trying to mold the world into this Christian utopia that they want uh uh-uh. we can't allow that to happen because they'll take every right away from my daughter that she has right now and i'm not i'm not going to stand for it
2: unfortunately the religious right um believes in a very strict higher order of patriarchy i mean the southern baptist convention which is so big in Arkansas and in the South, still does not allow women to speak in the pulpit. Now, they can, they can be funny speak. people. They can sing in the choir, but they cannot preach. And I just I don't understand.
1: No, I, I, I it, well, back, I do uh,
2: understand because the Bible backs them up. Yeah, I, so. can,
1: I can back up what she's saying there because I used to be a minister in the Southern Baptist Convention many years ago. And, uh, yeah, I'm very ashamed of that. I'm 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 ashamed of my my conservative roots. Uh, You know, I used to be a right-wing, fundamentalist Christian, and, uh, you know, I'd burn out on all that hypocrisy. I just couldn't take it anymore, and I had to find, you know, I had to walk away from that and find my humanity. And uh, I wish so many more people could, because, man, so many of you out there know it's bullshit. So many of you know that it's all hypocrisy, and it's just a money-making scheme, but, you hold out hope for the day that you die that you'll get to see this God and live in this paradise, and you're just not worried about what's going on around here. You guys got to wake the fuck up. You seriously do because it's, you're being duped.
2: It's, yeah, on that topic, Sean, it's very hard in where we live to be secular. And, you know, it was a long process for me because I'm a preacher's daughter. And I was in ministry full time up until my late 20s. And I started out with like, well, I just don't like religion. So I'm gonna just, dis- I'm gonna not go to church anymore because religion's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And then the more you learn and you talk and you meet other secular people, you realize, wow, you can have a very fulfilled life but you can. being secular. Yes. And
1: you know, we're raised we
2: were raised in the church to believe that you couldn't be fulfilled without God or without a church family to belong to. And that's just false. It is and it but but it is hard. You start out and you kind of like dabble in questioning the faith. And then it, it's a journey. But once you free yourself from it, it is the most uh, wonderful wonderful feeling yes. to not have all that bullshit hanging over your head.
3: Yes. You know, just
2: people, like you said, people are sitting right now probably hearing us talk and they've, they've thought all these things, but they're scared. That's
1: and exactly I'm going to tell y'all don't be scared.
2: Don't yeah. be scared.
1: No, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I I remember b- b- before I let it all go, you know, I, I had gone through these phases where I just chipped away and chipped away and chipped away at these beliefs that I had been indoctrinated in all my yeah. life. And it exactly. got to the point where, you know, I just told people, well, I'm agnostic, you know, I don't know if right. there is or isn't, and I just couldn't cross all the way over. And then what's funny about that is my wife was going through the exact same thing, we just weren't talking about it. She was Episcopalian, I was, mm. uh, I was Catholic at the time because I had left the Baptist faith and went really mm. extreme, but... uh no, I just uh it, it was funny because one day we're sitting there, we're eating dinner and, and my wife just looked at me and she goes, Hey, we need to talk and I was like, Yeah, what what about? She goes, Do you believe in God? And I was like, No, I really don't And she was like, I don't either. It was such a relief that, you know, separately wow. separately we had come to the same conclusion. And yet we were so scared to even say anything to one another because we didn't want to hurt the other person or destroy their faith in any way. And the mm-hmm. fact that we both came to that same conclusion at the same time and are and are there for each other and support each other, it, it's just been a wonderful experience to let all that go. Let all that guilt go, let all that sin go, all that imaginary bullshit that they throw at you. And man, it really opens your eyes to all the horseshit that's out there in in our society too. You know, especially in politics, the way that they play it. Um, you know, going all the way back, full circle again with the whole gun thing. You know, if you look at it, it are, it is the religious people that are really pushing for this. You know, uh, when and, I was in the military. And I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, so, I was just gonna say and. I was really hesitant to even say that religion was brainwash. Christianity brainwashed me. But it really is like you're deconstructing all of that narrative that's been put on you oh, since you were a been. baby. Yes. And it does feel like you come out on the other side when you finally say, I do not leave yes. and I don't need it. It feels like you have been through a complete brainwashing that you've gotten out of. I mean, and the thing is I was hesitant to even use those words because I know some well meaning Christian people.
3: Yes, I do too.
2: And and I mean my dad is a progressive Christian minister, um, who believes that, you know, in gay rights and, and all those types of things, but
1: I the difference is I just know it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, the fake you know, part. The fake uh, part. Yeah. It's like people can't even understand the concept because they're so deeply indoctrinated into this that if you think a certain way, if you read a certain book, if you watch a certain television show, then you're committing these sins against God. and Then you have to run to God and tell Mm. God and try to work that out and everything. And, you know, it's just deep psychological torture that people go through. Yeah, it really is. I, I tell you, when I finally, you know, just let it all go and said, you know what? I don't believe. I am an atheist. It was like 300 pounds of bullshit just fell right off of me right there. It was so wonderful. (laughs) Amen. And, you know, we even choose to raise our our children in a secular home, you know, uh, being open and honest with them about everything. We don't talk bad about religion. You know, most of our families are religious. And, you know, let's just say uh, a great-grandmother wanted to take them to church. I've got no issue with that. That's cool if she thinks she's doing the best thing possible. But, of course, I'm going to talk to my children about it when they ask me questions, and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to do the one thing that they don't do and be extremely honest about why I believe the way I do.
2: Yep. I mean, that's just – I I know know it probably is really hard for people to talk about this, but if they're honest with themselves, themselves, I know they're they're questioning and feeling it.
1: Sorry we we got babies running around again Sorry about that Babies So on the
2: topic of babies I feel like the Christian right Sold their souls down the river That they think they have um, uh, For Trump Because of one issue And I mean I do believe A lot of it had to do with white fragility Which is another topic but the issue that they sell their down the river for is abortion.
0: Oh,
1: I would agree with that.
2: And, and um, you know, as someone who is uh, proudly pro-choice and believes in every woman to choose her reproductive choices, um, I think it's sad that one issue would make someone sell it. I'll, I'll, we don't care how many women he sexually assaulted or how many porn stars he paid off that he had affairs with. A, his wife just had his son. Yes. We don't care how many wives you've had. Now, we don't believe in that. And we would condemn people and throw them out of our church if they had those types of problems. But we'll sell that out. We'll sell our vote to protect what they believe are unborn babies.
1: Yeah. yeah of course, right? if
2: they found out those babies were gay, they, would were they, they still abort them? them? That's my question.
1: No, I, th- I think they would. <laughs> you know, uh, going back all the way to when. Uh, George W. was running. You know, again, I was raised in a conservative household and everything. I remember that. I was on the fence so hard uh, during that election. But it was that abortion issue that kept me, uh, you know, voting for George W. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I hate that I did that. But I I had no other reason. I had no other motivation (laughs) except the fact that I wanted to save the unborn babies, not knowing the science behind why people need medical abortions You know, the eptopic pregnancies The birth effects that kill, you know, fetuses before they're even born You know, or even, you know, uh, when they're born And they suffer for a few hours before they die there, there, there are necessities for this And the right just wants to sit there and proclaim you know, Oh, pro-life, pro-life And yet they're pro-war, they're pro-death penalty They don't give a shit about these kids once they're born uh, No, they don't
2: give a shit about it. Let's talk about that. They want more guns in the schools. They will not talk about the actual guns because they don't care about the children once they're born.
1: No, no, not at all. Uh, not until they turn 18 and can go to war. Then they want to play oh, like, you know, oh, we support the troops. But, of course, when they come back all blown to hell and burn up looking like Freddy Krueger, no arms, and no legs, they could give a shit less that they're all homeless and, you know, suffering as a VA. You know, they, they just don't give a shit at all. Uh, well, this, this I call- found
2: out that uh, Walgreens does not accept TRICARE,
1: which is the military insurance, and I was not for really? Really, they don't accept Tricare. That at all. is a
2: fact. Walgreens does not accept Tricare.
1: Wow, I didn't know that. In fact, uh, if that's I just true, I out recently
2: myself.
1: If that's true, I bet every Walgreens around every military base is blacklisted for that very reason. Because the you know, oh, when, I'm sure. When I was stationed at Fort Bragg, they loved to blacklist anybody that didn't support the military. But yeah, you know that, mm-hmm. that and that goes back around to this whole you know kneeling thing in the NFL as well, you know, and, and Trump throwing his hat Ooh, into so that game. I'm so glad you
2: brought that up. Yeah. Oh, Sean, I'm so glad you brought that up.
1: You know, I, <laughs> I am a 49ers fan, so I was heavily invested in Colin Kaepernick, you know, to be my next Super Bowl champion, which he did not do. Uh, I was disappointed in that. But when he took that knee and he protested against the police brutality, against the, you know, young black people that were being killed by the police, I fully supported that. I thought, wow, that is amazing. Here is somebody who's in the public eye. He's he's on the television every single week, and he's going to take a knee and protest. I love that. That's what I served for, so that people could exercise their rights in any way that they could to protest against things that are wrong. And look what happened. Holy shit, who expected all of this? I, 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 wow. I, it came out of left field to me because I didn't think anybody – would pull the horseshit that they did, trying to pull the military and the vets into this argument, which I thought was such horseshit, because anybody that served in the military knows. That's why we did it. We took an oath to defend the Constitution so that people could even burn the flag if they want to.
2: Well, Sean, I really appreciate that, and I have a story to tell. So I was at a sporting event, a high school sporting event, and you got to understand, I teach at a high school that is 90% African-American students, 90%. And so this is my whole life's work, is to be an advocate and do whatever I can, just be available to support the black community. And they're in a lot of pain right now. It's pain that goes back to the virgining of our country, to the beginning. And we as white people will never understand. We can't even pretend to understand. But I was at a sporting event, and I took my knee. Um, I, I I exclusively take a knee. I've been doing it since the the uh, protest began uh, with Colin Kaepernick and on beyond. And as soon as the, I was off to the side. By the way, I don't try to make like a scene about it. It's yeah. just my personal belief. And I was off to the side, trying to be inconspicuous, but also standing for what I believe in. And a man comes up behind me and says, "I got not know. I got to know." what is it about with you taking a knee? What is this about? And I said, I was shocked. I was like, you know why I'm taking a knee. Are you serious that you really want to hear my side of it? He said, well, I was in the military, and I am a police officer. And I said, well, taking a knee is a national movement um, to support black lives. He goes, oh, you're for Black Lives Matter? And I said, yes, very much so. And he said, Black Lives Matter risk my life. Every day. And he's, like, going off on me. And I said, they risked your life because he's a police officer.
0: Yeah. And
2: I said, sir, at no time when I take that knee am I trying to disrespect the military. And I said, at no time am I thinking, oh, let me do this because fuck soldiers. That is not on anybody's mind. No, It's just a really um, positive to me, it's a positive way. You're not being completely disrespectful to the flag. You're taking a knee. You're still being quiet during the national anthem. And um, so we, we talked for a good minute, and at the end, I said, did you not fight for the Constitution? You didn't fight for a flag. You fighted for the First Amendment, which says I have the privilege to kneel. And he said, yeah, I did. And I said, well, we're going to have to agree to disagree. And he walked off, But I could not believe. That I was confronted like that in public. I've been kneeling for over a year, and no one has ever approached me. And um, I handled it really well. I stayed calm. I didn't touch. Um But I mean, you know, it was about the kid. Another example of where the right wing feels like they don't care who's around. They don't care nothing. They're gonna fight for to win. They want to win everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you you look at Black Lives Matter as a movement when they show up to protest all the lies and everything that is thrown out against them. They're violent, and they riot, and they destroy property, and they do all this horrible stuff. They put lives in danger. That's not true. They go out and peacefully protest, just like Martin Luther King before them. And if a few bad apples happen to start some trouble, they try to quell that as best as they can. But they do not want violence. They just want to be able to peacefully. Here's the thing, though. If you look at it historically, most people who have stood up against oppression and peacefully protested get murdered. And they do,
2: and they get maligned. They yes. get maligned for doing it. Yes. But, I mean, peaceful protest, to me, is is, is what America is founded on, is the the is the highest form of patriotism. Yes, it is. And that's one of my favorite quotes of all time. That and well-behaved women rarely make history. <laughs> yes.
1: Because yes. I am
2: not one of those.
1: <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You know, again, let's go back to the founding of this country. It was a rebellion against oppression. And yep. it just happened to be a bunch of rich guys that did it, so yeah. they're, they're heroes <laughs> to all these other people out here. But, again, when you say, let's make America great again – yeah, I've asked several, you know, uh older white people about that. When was America actually great? Well, you know, they'll say back in the fifties when oh, black Lord. people couldn't vote when women didn't when have women the right.
2: were using clothes hangers to exactly. have abortions, and dying in back alleys, and yeah. women were getting beat and cheated on and had yeah. no rights, couldn't own property. When, when, when is that? Or exactly. you know, I can't speak for minorities because I am a white female, but I can't speak for the oppression that women have felt in this country under patriarchy. And but I know what all my black students tell me on a daily basis is the oppression that they feel still to this day. I mean, every time a woman a woman clutches her purse or goes to the other side of the street when black males walk by, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just part of the fabric of growing up uh, uh, as a, a minority in this country to be looked down on. And, and racism is still such a horrible problem, and not just in the South, our whole country.
1: It is. It is a really bad problem. You know, people wanted to try to say, uh, let's go back to the 90s when Clinton was president. We had a lot uh, oh, prosperity okay. there was a lot of great diversity going on people seemed to quit worrying about all the bad stuff and everything you know clinton had his scandals we're laughing about that um things didn't seem so bad you know it was a happy time for americans and something changed so when you know Bush okay. bush came into power nine eleven happened we started all this fear-mongering against the muslims and then all of a sudden hey you know we can go back to hating the black people. And that's what they started doing. And then they started hating on Mexicans. Well, I I think they always hated Mexicans, but um, yeah. yeah, uh, But it it started to grow after 9-11. Paranoia that the white majority was going to lose power. I think it was Rush Limbaugh that started all that bullshit when he came out with a report saying that whites were going to be a minority in 2050, which – is not true. This is something that people Mm -hmm. need to realize. All minorities together will outnumber whites. Right. But whites will still be the majority. And that's where you have a disconnect in that. Just because you're going to be outnumbered by an entire group of minorities doesn't make you a minority. And, again, is being a minority really that bad? Is that what you're afraid of, that you'll be treated the way you've treated them? As
2: an ally, As an ally to the black community,
1: because that's what I've dedicated
2: my life uh, work around, Um, and I listen. I just try to be available, and I'm not trying to co-opt or speak for black people at this time, but I can tell you what my students say every day. And um, I lost my train of thought. The point I was making was that, um, you know, black people tell me, that. I mean, first of all, I am such a, a more full person by understanding other people's cultures, and at no point do I feel threatened. If, even, if, even if one race was to take over the majority in America, there's nothing threatening about that. I mean, jump out of your comfort zone and get to know some people. You might enjoy America a little more. Yeah, exactly. But the worst thing that ever happened is the marrying of, of, of politics and power with the Christian right. That is the that is where all of this comes from. You can you can blame it on racism, you can blame it on patriarchy, but when they marry politics and power with religion in America it it's 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 been a, a fight ever since. No, I agree and, and, and the and the minority and the people that aren't in the majority are suffering badly because of it.
1: They are. They really are. And and again you can go and talk to older white uh, men here in the South especially and uh say exactly what we're saying and don't get angry about it. Horse shit. They don't know anything about slavery. They don't know anything about the struggle for civil rights, you know, the black people that lived back then. I could understand if they were upset. Not not kids today. They have everything that we have. And it's like, "No, no, they don't. They don't have representation. They don't have uh, you know, good good role models on television. Uh, it's starting to change. Uh, for example, uh, we were going to talk about this tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, bring this up. The movie, the Marvel movie Black Panther. Uh, Micah, yeah. have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait to see it. But from what I understand, it is a phenomenal film and it's positive for African Americans in this country. So, Micah, tell us about the movie. Oh,
2: gosh. I was overwhelmed by the celebration of blackness in the movie, of being proud to be African-American. And they do talk about, they do come from a place of Africa because the fictional country of Wakanda is where black people from. And they talk about what it would be like if the African nation were unaffected by colonialism, how they would grow and become their own nation and their own people without the interference of white Eurocentric culture. And they become the, the marble content, the story behind black Panther is they have this uh, meteor that hid their country and it has this metal called vibranium, which is also what Captain America's shield is made out of, and it is the most precious metal on earth and it, it, it made them have all this advanced technology, like like self spaceships, and they can heal they can heal bodies and oh, they got all this cool technology. And one of the greatest things about it, I wasn't find twice opening weekend, I'm not gonna lie. And then I was at the movies this weekend, I like going to the movies. And Every single time I've been in the theater over the last two weekends, these little black kids are standing in front of the posters and taking pictures. And I saw this one little kid, and he was like, "I'm that one. I'm that one. I'm this one." And it just strikes me that all the superhero movies for the predominant of them have been for the
0: white-centric
2: heroes. A white know. male hero. I mean we just got I mean Wonder Woman's been around it but that's really the only one I can point to in popular culture, not like people that are really in the comic so Please yeah. please excuse me if I can't I'm a speak comic nerd well on comic. Okay, well I'm not so I know there have been other women and other minority yeah, superheroes yeah. but they have not been in the mainstream. And for my students, I mean they couldn't be more happier to have uh, people to look to. Black Panther sister is this tech genius. She has, she has like a 180 something 180 IQ, IQ, and she is in charge of all the tech for the country. And she is uh, just a really amazing smart scientist. And that's another thing: girls in the tech is not something. In science jobs and careers have not been encouraged. And especially not for black girls to go into the tech uh, sector uh, for careers. And so you've got everyone represented. You've got your your beautiful, strong warrior, who is a, all of those people that support Black Panther, who is the king of the country, are women. His fighting force are all women. So you've got warriors, you've got scientists, You've got all of these people for little kids to look up to, little black kids who look like them. And then there's this line in the movie, and this is not a spoiler, He's uh, the, the, the uh, villain, he's dying, and he said, "It's am of to in the ocean where my ancestors jumped from shit because they would rather be dead than in bondage. And it slayed me. I mean, I just balled. I was just like, this is so powerful to empower young black kids who I care more about in the world, As and that's my career choice. And um, I, I, can't I can't say enough about, about Black Panther. If, if you're open-minded or want to be an ally to black people in this country, you need to go see them. It's, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful.
1: I, I, I can't wait to see it. And and you know, from your perspective and different critiques that I've heard of the film, one thing that really stands out to me is the positivity of the movie. Um yes. African American men especially have been portrayed as just, you know, comical sidekicks. Yeah. Villains. Oh yeah. You know, somebody that just says motherfucker all the time. You know, extremely yep. violent, uh, womanizers. You know, every negative yep. Uh, stereotype that you can imagine, and even when you have you know a strong black male in a leading role uh let 's say uh e r for example, you know uh one of the doctors there i can 't remember his name at the moment, I think it was Peter. He was a powerful, strong black man, but he was the angry black man you know uh, if you look at all of the stereotypes out there, women portrayed as angry and everything and It's it's depressing, Uh, I'm sure, uh, from African-Americans that I've spoken to, and they see this, and and they tell me, you know, we just don't have, you know, these positive role models like we should have. You know, uh, the movies are about slaves. The movies are like the help, you know, where we work for the white Mm -hmm. man and all this and that. And here comes a movie where the leader, the king, is is Mm -hmm. an African man. And that's Mm -hmm. something that that hasn't been portrayed very often.
2: There's this other tribe who, like, didn't get on board with, like, they, like, wanted (laughs) to live in the caves like the old days. They didn't want to, like, join the technology revolution. And their leader is this strong black man who is really proud of his people. And he always thinks like, we, we, we. Like, even... The guys that are, like, not necessarily on board with like a black hitter are positive black role models. And it's just, it's and the positive. I mean, just from an aesthetic point of view, it is just an absolutely stunning film. And I, I just love it. And, you know, we don't always have to be serious. We can talk about uh, positive, great entertainment, you know. Absolutely, but it, it was more absolutely. Than that. It's more than entertainment.
1: Well, I, you know, and, and I'm hoping that this is going to give, you know, more African-Americans the respect that they deserve to make more positive films. And, and, and to go out there and, you know, like uh, the film that came out uh, earlier last year, Get Out. Uh, yes. No oh, year, yeah. I don't know which, which one it was, but uh, the director, I mean, he was up for an Oscar for, for this role. I the best director. I mean, that's awesome. And it was such a great movie for a first-time director. Uh-huh. I love that oh, movie yeah. so much. And, I, you know, that, that, that's something that, as liberal as Hollywood can be, it is not progressive enough to allow minorities the opportunity, uh, especially women, uh, to make the films that could be made, to have the ideas to put these things out. I mean, get out. Know, that was a completely original idea as far as I know. I hadn't seen it before. I love originality out of Hollywood, so, you know, kudos to him, and I hope that he definitely uh, has a great career making, you know, more films. Um,
2: and that that reminds me of, of Jordan Peele was the writer and director of Good, Get Jordan out. Peele. And there he's me. the Jordan Peele of Pee and Peele. Yes. Yeah a comedy show, uh sketch show on Comedy Central, and I saw that he had got a new film coming out this year. Really? And I literally forgot the concept, but it was another um, like a twist on, and it still dealt with racial justice, if that makes any sense. Um, but it was like a sci-fi or like a horror, like Get Out. Dude. And that's just a whole new genre and I, I totally forgot the name of it, but I'm really looking forward to that. I I,
1: I definitely want to see that, you know. Uh, A lot of people think that Black Panther is the first uh, African-American superhero, or I'm sorry, African superhero movie, Um, but it's not. You know, a lot of people forget Wesley Snipes saved Marvel Comics from bankruptcy back in the day when he started to play. He did three highly successful films about a black hero who happened to be a vampire saving humanity. Now, it was a little dark. uh, It was, uh, you know... Definitely violent, uh, dealing with you know vampires and stuff like that. But it, it wasn't the first, and then all of a sudden we were asked to a your man. You know, there was a, a comedy that made fun of like, like exploitation movie. and I was so disappointed. Why are we going back to that? You know, we don't need that. Right? Yeah, we need more positivity. We need to to, to go in the other direction. Uh, again, uh, Mike and I were talking about this earlier tonight. Uh, You know, that's that's another thing too When when white Hollywood And white directors come out And try to do something positive For the black community White people can't save minorities That's not going to happen We can support them And we can do what they need us to do What they want us to do But we can't take charge We can't change their, you know uh, Misfortune of what has happened to them We can only accept the fact that You know the white race is really responsible for a lot of this. A lot of people right. say, oh, that's white guilt. But no, it's not. It's just saying, hey, you know what? We fuck up. And we want to do what's well, right. And
2: I, I need to say to my white liberal that are listening right now, we need to sit the fuck down sometimes. Like, I get that white liberals want to go out and fix everything and fix those problems and change everything. And we don't need to. Take a seat as far as uh, voting and activism, I think. But we do not need to co op every movement because that's just another form of oppression. Yes. And I'm very. This is a topic that I'm very passionate about, and I have been wrong so many times. And my black friends and my black allies have had to be like, you know, Susan, as we say on
3: the internet, <laughs> Susan is
2: like and Becky. Susan and Becky are the names for all of us white females. You need to sit down. When you're needed, we'll call for you. Exactly. And um, that's another thing. We have to not talk about minorities in a way that we're trying to co-opt or rule or be in charge. Or Or coddle, Thank you. That's a perfect word at all. Yeah. So white people, liberals especially, we we need to... Learn
1: to let other people take over. It. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and just just be available. And, and be available. And I have to say, I am I am extremely disappointed that I did not see Hillary become the first female president in this country. Oh God. Uh, that's something that I did want to see because we've had other great female leaders in this country, and you know, uh, that, it, it's sad the misogyny that runs so. Deep in the roots of this nation, so yeah. many Democrats weren't going to vote for her simply because she was a woman. And that just oh, breaks my heart. It it so breaks mm-hmm. my heart because we've had forty five men fuck this shit up. Time and time Amen. again. <laughs> another perspective i say
2: preach and i do yes. believe in god but i'm like preach amen <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know, we, we need another another point of view in how this country is being run and i really do believe that a woman can do just as well or better than a man and hopefully well
2: women have been ruling european countries absolutely uh, for decades and what do you know about europe it is generally secular, like most of the biggest, most powerful nations are secular. And this goes right back to our topic. The Christian religion, especially the right wing, our Christianity cannot be divorced from patriarchy. And because our Christianity in America is so dominant and so uh, ingrained in our politics, that's why we can't allow women to be our leaders. It's, It's all tied together.
1: No, I agree. And, you know, uh, now I'm going to get attacked for this because it happens all the time. People get on to me and say, well, how come you don't ever talk about Islam? How come you never talk about Judaism or anything like that? Uh, I'm against all those religions. Well, I wouldn't say I'm against them, but I do not believe in any religion at all whatsoever. I think there's no place for religion in this world anymore. I, I think it's unnecessary. It's holding us back as a species. There is so much that we could do if we just came together and used reason and logic instead of mythology. And
3: mm. here
1: in this country, we do talk more about Christianity because it is the majority of the population. So you know I want I to make that clear. I mean, that's
2: just that a clear. fact, Sean. It's not. It's not that we don't want to talk about Judaism, Islam. There's, hell. There's a Buddhist temple in Benton, Arkansas.
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. I've been there.
2: Yeah, it's pretty. They got a pretty rock out in the front. It's a big sign now. But uh, I live, I live down the road from there. But the point I'm making is, when we bring up Christianity, it's because especially in the south, there's a church within probably a thousand yards from this house.
1: Yes, there is. There is.
2: I mean, we cannot divorce the facts, which are that Christianity is the dominant religion in America, and it's obviously. To me, it's the one doing the most harm. Actually, it's not to me. It's just a fact.
1: It's a fact. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, just just right outside of here in Benton, uh, you'll you'll see a billboard that's uh, right out right next door to the Applebee's, and it's becoming famous now. I, I, my wife noticed it on a few memes here. It's getting a lot of national attention because it says, "Beware or prepare to meet God," something like this.
3: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, prepared.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. prepare to meet God. And, oh, I, I wish I could win the lottery just so I could put one right across the street from it that says, ah, we're just kidding. God's not real. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and then between here and Memphis, there's one that says adultery is, is uh, you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. And
2: then if you go up to uh, Harrison and up in northern Arkansas, oh,
1: yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, Harrison's pretty that's bad. the head
2: headquarters of the KKK are
1: right now. Yeah, the the national headquarters of the Ku Klux Klan is right there in Harrison, Arkansas, and that's what, right. What a disgrace! I mean, it just it, it makes me ashamed to be from the South, you know. Uh, let alone all the Confederacy white flag waving and everything else that you see. Um, Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had forgotten about that. All the billboards between here and there, it's just it's insane. Uh but I do like that the... one property, this
2: one property up there has like uh Confederate flags like ten of them going across their whole front of their property. Yeah, I mean, I got to ask cuz you know, I'm a female in America. Like, what are you having trouble with your teenage? Like, what, why are you so insecure? Like
3: <laughs>
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
3: But, you know, that's another
1: thing, too, when you you see these people with the uh, Confederate flags on their trucks and, you know, waving the flag. They have the flag rallies and stuff around here, and you ask them, you know, what does that really represent to you? And they'll say, oh, you know, Southern pride. It has no heritage, not hate. But if you look at the guy that created the Confederate flag, the battle flag, um, he specifically said that it was created as a representation of white superiority over blacks. Specifically stated that, and yeah. these ignorant rednecks don't even fucking know their own history of what they're waving around along with the swastikas too. So, geez. Uh, uh,
2: I just uh, I don't have any use for people that fly the pathetic flag. I mean, I don't hate them. I don't want them to die.
1: No, no, I don't want anybody to die. It, no.
2: Of course not, Um, but it's just, uh, well, I'll give you an example. One time I was with a group of students, and we were visiting a high school in Cabot, Arkansas, and there was a huge, like, big-ass flag, Confederate flag, waving from the back of a truck in the school parking lot, like, I guess, you know, that's, wasn't a deal breaker for the administration, and we roll up in our school bus, and I've literally got ninety-five percent of my group are African Americans, and they were like, "Miss called, are we safe?" They were literally like threatened, and that's a school, which takes us back to issue number one. We have to make our kids safe in these schools. That's the bottom line.
1: Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, where did America become a society that is so fearful of everything? You know, we know. we beat the Nazis. We, you know, colonized this entire, you know, nation from, from the East Coast to West Coast, how we even saw Hawaii from the indigenous people, um, we... Have fought numerous wars I mean the, the country's been around for 237 years We've been at war for 230 years So we know we can kick ass We know we can do all the stuff that we Always claim to do except for Vietnam of course um, But There is this just uh, This fear I, I, I just don't get it Fear mongering in the news Fear mongering from the president Fear mongering from everybody That you just can't be safe no matter what you do I don't carry a gun I don't walk around the streets with the concealed, the carry- none of that bullshit. I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm not afraid to go anywhere. I work in Little Rock. The majority of people I work with are minorities. I just, it does none, none of this bothers me. I just don't understand it. I, I, I read stuff on our local news feeds all the time. People say, oh, I don't even go to Little Rock at night because I'm afraid I'm going to get mugged. Hell, I've been mugged in Little Rock at night. And you know what? I don't hate people because of it. You guys look at it. addict. Yep. That's all he was, and he could have been anybody, you know, and I could have been anybody. It just happened to be me. It was the wrong place, wrong time, and the guy's in jail now, and I hope he betters his life, and he's a better person, you know. I don't hate him. I'm not afraid. That's something that we need to educate people about is to stop being so goddamn afraid of everything. When did we become Mm -hmm. such cowards? You know, that's why I call these oh, nuts homosexuals, because they are nothing but fucking cowards. I just don't understand how you can live your life that way, being afraid of everything.
2: Well, Shine, I don't want to keep harping on the men talking, but I'm going to tell you, as a rule, it, uh, there are women that are homosexuals. Y'all yeah. know what homosexuals are. I hope yeah. your listeners know what homosexuals are. <sighs> People that are in love, with they're good. Yep. They love their guns. But I have noticed that the type of dudes that associate with being in love with their guns are generally insecure fools who don't know who they are as a man outside of some framework of beliefs, or as long as they stay like this, they're secure, right? In a little safe bubble in their silo. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of this goes back to white male fragility. I keep bringing it up. You but do. I you can't
1: do. You're right. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you. And want, you're a white male, star, but you're
2: not
3: uh,
1: very
2: insecure.
1: No, I'm not insecure in anything. There's nothing I'm afraid of at all, unless uh, you know my wife's angry at me about you know something stupid that I've done around the house. So, um, <laughs> well, but, then and that
2: yeah. makes me very afraid.
1: Exactly, exactly. But no, I don't. Uh, again, I think this goes back to my secular beliefs. I, uh, you know, I don't think that there's anything outside of this life. When I die, that's it. So I want to make the best of the life that I possibly have. I have a large family. You know, my wife. We have six children. Um, and I enjoy every moment that I have with them. And, you know, I go to work and I'm not in a bad mood. I don't care about, you know, just hating my day, hating my job, all this other stuff. I just want every moment of my life to be as good as possible. And I wish everybody else could get it that way because it just seems to me all these believers that are around here are so fucking miserable you know, they, they, they can't wait until Jesus comes back or, you know, whatever happens, and they go on to the next life. Well, you know, I'm sorry. Billy Graham just found out. There ain't no fucking God. Oh,
2: you went there, Sean. Oh, I, w-
1: there. I will go there. You know, that homophobic prick, I don't have a lot of good things to say about him. He, he was a nice man uh, as far as, you know, talking to people and stuff, but he had a lot of fucked up beliefs. And I don't respect yeah. that at all. I don't have to respect religion. Now, there are better Christians that I personally know that they set the example for what I believe a Christian should be. And I love them with all my heart. And I think they're very decent and wonderful people. But the majority of the people around here that pull that bullshit out of their ass, fuck all you. Yeah, I don't give a shit.
2: Well, Sean went there. Yeah.
1: I just I've been living I've been living down here way too long. I I definitely can't wait till I get out of here.
2: Well, I'm born and raised here, and I can tell you that there are great Christians, there are great guns, yes, and there are great white people, and there are great men like Sean over here. But I can also tell you that a lot of what we're dealing with, these school shootings and all those things, are directly tied to our history. Our heritage of Christian patriarchy, and yep.
1: it's just—it's all related. It is, it is. Every every bit of it from day one, from the first boat that showed up on the shores trying to claim that they discovered a new world, mm-hmm. it is it all—it is, is all related. Everything, and you know, the mm-hmm. whitewashing of our history in our public schools, you know, mm-hmm. that's and, and that's the worst thing, you know. These religious extremists keep trying to push God into the schools, and you know, especially against evolution, which really just blows my mind. But they they want to get prayer in there, and they want to get God in there. They want to get these these biblical you know history classes put in there. You know, oh, we'll teach it as an elective. But the thing is, is that you you you're, you're erasing what reality is. You don't live in reality. And we don't need that bullshit in our schools. We need our children to be taught about life skills. We need our children to be we taught about the, yeah.
2: And I can tell you this because um, it, now maybe it's because I work in the city, yeah. in the city public schools, but I can tell you that 90% of our staff are not selling that Jesus stuff. It's
0: not going to happen
2: in an in a, uh, inner city public school at all. Because like people won't stand for it, the parents, the the kids don't don't subscribe to that type of bullshit. But the thing is about religion in school is there are all kinds of people that choose education as their career, and so if we allow one religion in, like Christianity, yes, then we're going to have to allow other religions like Islam and Judaism and even Satanism um, and uh, even Satanism and. 'Cause I know some wild demons out there. I just, um, but the point I'm making is they really don't religion put back in the school, Sean. They want Christianity put in the school. Yeah,
1: they, you're right. You
2: you don't want just any teacher trying to teach God to kids. No there's so many beliefs about God out there.
1: Yeah, I mean there's forty nine hundred different Christian denominations in America alone. There's uh what, eight thousand different versions of the Bible. Nobody agrees they all think that they're right and they're all fighting amongst each other just like you know we talked about earlier you know liberals themselves fight amongst each other about what they should push for and everything um, mm-hmm. unfortunately we're not trying to destroy the country and you know reform it into some kind of theocratical you know utopia we just want things to change we want things to become better you know the difference that I see between uh if you want to say liberals, conservatives, progressives, whatever, um, we accept the fact that life is about change and change should be good. Conservatives, what are you, what are you trying yeah. to conserve? I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. The, the economy sucks. You know, well, I'm sorry, Wall Street is awesome. You know, all the rich are getting richer because that's how it's designed. But, you know, for the average middle class worker out here, you know, the middle class is shrinking And Trump Trump is not doing anything about that. He's just helping the wealthy. That's what he does. He can sit there and talk about job growth and all this other shit and about the, you know, Wall Street and everything else. But, again, look who is actually benefiting from his tax cuts and everything else. Um, It's all motivated, again, by the people that, you know, are in control of the country, that white 1%, you know, Christian believer, who thinks that this is his country, and he doesn't care about the minorities. He doesn't care about the women. He doesn't care about the children. All he cares about is himself, and that's it. And he just wants to write it out until he dies and then, you know, fuck everybody else. That is what they're doing. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I just have to say that I'm really proud of those kids in Florida because they're just not taking the bullshit that the adults have been doling out.
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, they're not going to take it anymore. And I can say emphatically that the teenagers that I deal with on a daily basis are the same way. They don't believe our bullshit anymore.
1: Good. And that is, they're that just, is good. That gives me hope. I'm
2: happy about that.
1: You no, know, that really um, gives me hope, especially in a state like, uh, you know, Arkansas, where where we live, and, you know, down here in the south – if, if they aren't buying into the bullshit anymore, that means that they are going to be the change that's going to come along. And I love to tell baby boomers, and ex- especially extremist Christians, you know, you, you can keep, you know, clawing until the very end. But the best part about it for me is you're going extinct, just like the dinosaurs. Yeah. It's evolution. It, it, it's, you know, social evolution, if you will. And it takes yeah. time. But guess what? You will go away Religion will go away Eventually things will get better Maybe not in my lifetime But it will happen And that's what I have hope in
2: Let me give you an example And uh, I was going to talk about this And we're running out of time So I had a student text me earlier today And he said I can't believe in 2018 My dad
0: still doesn't accept me the way he is The way I am Sorry
2: And Jordan is his first name, and he is um, a gay student. And I don't know if if you don't work with students, I know this, but a lot of males are wearing makeup today,
1: and a lot of
2: them want to go into makeup artistry as a career due to a lot of the pop culture love of YouTube, tutorials, and there's a male cover girl now. And things like that. So this young man has his own job and he went and bought a bunch of makeup and he was playing in his room in his private in his private time. And his father came in and said, You're not gonna wear makeup in my house unless you are a girl. And it breaks my heart and that's what we're dealing with still in 2018. Now, apparently, when he came out a couple years ago, the father was mildly supportive, but makeup, that's too far. Mm. And I think that kind of puts a button on our conversation. (laughs) Um, I love my students so much, and I just told them, you know,
1: be who you are, you
2: can't help it. That's
1: just a fact, and you have a lot of support. You see, that's a, that, that, that's a part of individualism that I do support, is, is someone's right to express themselves in a positive way. You know, exactly. if, if you want to be a positive person and do positive things and you're not intentionally doing anything to harm anyone or promoting fear exactly. or violence, then there should be Again, no is cool. issue at all, none These homophobic, Mm -hmm. transphobic, all these horrible people that are out there that just want to repress other people for being what they want to be, you guys got to just, like, shut the fuck up and go hide under a rock and just let it happen because it's going to happen. I mean, who who would have thought in our lifetime that that gay people would have the right to marry here in America? I didn't think I'd see that. But but here it is. And, of course, the right is really trying to fight it and try to take it back away. But... You know, hopefully that's not going to happen because guess what? Society didn't crumble, and, you know, people aren't marrying dogs and and all these things that the right tried to say, you know, this ridiculous shit. Well, the point of me bringing
2: that up was just to say that these students in Parkland, my students in Little Rock, Arkansas, they look at the adults and they see all the bullshit. What does it matter if I'm wearing makeup, Dad? And that's why they turn into these little activists. That's why they don't, they're not afraid to challenge adults. Because they're like, that's a stupid-ass logical thing to feel yes. toward me. I'm not hurting anybody. in exactly. my Exactly. And so I'm proud of those kids in Parkland. And I just wanted to bring it all the way back around yeah. to say, as long as we continue to oppress expression in these young people, they're going to keep fighting us
1: fighting, and I hope they make the world the place that we need it to be. You know, there are a lot of issues that we need to work on, things as far as equal rights for everyone, equity for everyone, uh, especially women, especially minorities. We need universal health care in this country. We need the ability for people to live their lives to the fullest extent. If we can't have universal health care like the rest of the Western world, Mm. you know, because of capitalism and greed we're literally letting people die, and it's just disgusting. You know, we need gun control. We need, you know, a lot of issues taken care of to stop the right from taking away rights from others. And that's why we're doing this show, so that we can talk about these things and share, you know, our experiences and our points of view. And hopefully there are people out there that do agree and wish to support that. And hopefully next week we will be able to have that phone number back up so we can, you know, talk to you guys about that.
2: Texas is just about talking real, so sometimes we get a little honest.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the, you can't hang
2: with the big dogs. Get off the
1: porch. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the show's about to end, so we're going to be back next week, six p.m. Central Standard Time. Again, it's on the Rill with Micah and Sean. A progressive secular show with more free thought views than you will have anywhere else. So this is Sean signing off, and we hope you have one. Um, we hope you have a good week, and go ahead, Micah. Bye, y'all. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?